Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Listeners, we have fared forth and return with news and opinions. Welcome to a special episode, Convocation 2018, episode 6 of Three Pagans and a Cat. You may call me Ode. And you can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meat. I'm Gwyn, Ode's mother. So as you may have seen, if you follow our Twitter or if you have been listening to us talk about it incessantly for the last several episodes, will we, won't we? Well, we did. We managed to get to Convocation Saturday. We, we got there in time for the 9.30 classes, and we stayed until about 9 p.m. And it was wonderful! At which point we had to leave because we had a long drive home. Right. Oh uh, so we surrendered to the inevitable. But we, we spent 12 hours there, and it was great. It was yes, amazing. It was. We yeah, had such good. an amazing yeah. time there. Made for a very long day, though. Oh, oh my two goodness, and a half drive yes. Over two and a half hour drive back and I, hours yeah. there. <laughs> I would not recommend doing that. It was worth it to go. It right, was worth we, it. we loved Absolutely. it. But if next that's year, your we're, only choice. Yeah, if that's if, your only it's choice. Worth it. It's worth right. it. But next year, we're going to ding dang hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> ding dang hotel. If we can't room. be in the hotel, we'll find one nearby. Yep. That's and we'll spend all truth. four days. Yeah, we missed a ton of classes. Oh my god, yeah, stuff that stuff that looked great. That we, you know, we were looking in the in the schedule. And just you know, grieving that we couldn't be there on Friday. <laughs> no, yep. oh my God, it was there was so much uh, that they packed into that mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. It's an incredibly busy schedule. It there is. were there were definitely time slots where I you know I had to pick one class, and there were two or three that I was like, oh gosh, that would be really interesting, but. Yeah. Uh, you, you just have to make your choice and live with it. And, and, some, and where possible, send someone else to take notes at another right. class. Well, <laughs> even we, we couldn't even do that sometimes because we couldn't even do that actually because quite often, you know, you'd go to a, a place, you'd go to one class and go, oh, okay, I can't go These, to that one. So I will go to my second choice. These classes were packed. Yeah, they were very packed. full, yeah. Every single class I went to was incredibly well attended. Same here. I've, 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 I've heard anecdotally. people there. Yeah. I've heard anecdotally that there were a few classes that were underrepresented, that they had, like, relatively small numbers of people for the room they were assigned. And they they had people going around with censuses taking data on how many people were in each classroom. So presumably this thing, this, you know, this this data will be used to try and improve the situation next year. But this year, my experience was that it was extremely crowded. But the good thing about the the fact that they had such a full schedule is that if you went to a class that was full, you had an option. There was probably something else you could go to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was some place And even if there wasn't a class you were interested in, there were groups meeting in the rooms upstairs in the hotel. There were there was the art showroom. There was the merchants' room. There, there were people just, just milling about in the lobby. Yeah, yeah, just talking. So there was you know even if there wasn't a class that appealed to you or you couldn't get into the class you wanted, um, and they, as far as I can tell, there was no like set headcount limit for any of these classes. It was just sometimes that there literally was no room in the space. Yeah, I'm sure any fire commissioner would have. Uh, lost it. But there was um, there was a lot to do, even if you couldn't get into the classes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there were activities for children. Mm-hmm. There were activities, I mean, activities for adults mm-hmm. from, you know, multiple age groups, yep. skill levels as far as your path yeah, is concerned. Yeah, the classes all described sort of what skill level you should be at to attend and mm-hmm. sort of what level of background information you were expected to have going in, which, which we found useful. Yes, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. really great. I just, I had such a good time. I was so excited to go. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, goodness. We were all so excited. Oh, I, my God. I literally did not sleep 
at all the night before, the night before convocation because I couldn't shut my brain down. I the was only, so excited, the only which reason, meant I was even more tired during the whole day than everyone else was. The only reason I could get any sleep was because I took a melatonin. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't go to any of the classes. I basically mm-hmm. just yep. hung out in the lobby. As is your, your right, as, way. As, as is my way. Yep. But I did go to two uh, really cool hotel room mm-hmm. yeah. ventures. Meeting yep. zones. Uh, so yeah. One was uh, meeting the Druids. Which, right, which, uh, which I also went to. Yep. And that gave me an opportunity to meet two of the other groves that are here in Michigan through the ADF, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And that was the Cedar Song Grove, which is in Lansing. And the Shining Lakes Grove, which is in Ann Arbor. Shout out. And mm-hmm. then also there's a grove here in Grand Rapids where we right, are. A proto grove. Right, a proto grove uh, called Winter's Gift that's kind of just getting started. But yeah, it's pretty cool that, you know, I was able to actually meet up with some other people who are on the exact same path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Path? Path. Yeah. Path. The, path. Exact path <laughs> the exact same path I'm on. The exact same path I'm on. That's that southern influence and that path. <laughs> I guess I lived in the South long enough (laughs) for it to intricate into my spirit somehow. Um, But yeah, so it was really cool for me to be able to do that. And then we also went to one later in the day that was British traditional witchcraft. Which I did not attend. Because I I was busy. Right, yeah. I was busy in a class. Yep. That was really good, too. I actually learned quite a bit I about did. British traditional As witchcraft well. that mm-hmm. I didn't know what it's, why it's like Wicca, why it's not like Wicca, mm-hmm. why Gardnerian isn't necessarily British traditional, and, but it's close. And, and, and they themselves don't really have a lot to do with Gardner anymore. Right, yeah. They are more uh, Doreen Valiente. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. It was very interesting to, to learn a ton about other people's paths and my own path. By just meeting with those people. And then mm-hmm. I met so many people just hanging out in the lobby, which is kind of why he I want to go. Because uh-huh. I don't really, you know. He's a people person. He is. <laughs> and let the two introverts go to <laughs> the yep. classes. Yep. Let the extrovert sit in the mingle. lobby and, and mingle, mingle with everybody. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Although you didn't have business cards to hand out, which I'm sure was a great struggle to you. It was. Very much Next so. Time. Car, Next time. Car usually goes everywhere that he might be expected to meet a person he does not already know. With like a stack of business cards, three inches high, which he will just hand out like candy to anyone who even me- makes eye contact with him. Well, business already, cards are cheap. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we already know we're going to be going to uh, the Michigan Pagan Festival, so we'll have yep. cards and we'll have T-shirts then. Yeah, I'm just I mean, so we can it. cover this right off the bat. We, uh, we did not have T-shirts. We, we are, did have name tags because everyone at convocation gets a name tag. <laughs> We will be at Michigan Pagan Fest, um, which is called Release the Kraken. Um, and that is June 21st through the 24th mm-hmm. in the, I believe, the Ann Arbor area is where they're at. That, that uh, sounds about at right. Belleville. Mm-hmm. They're in Belleville, okay. Michigan. And then we. And this time we're getting a damn hotel. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we'll also be at Detroit Conjure and Folk Magic Festival. Thank you, Kenya, for hooking yes. that up. That is August 10th and 11th in Hazel Park, Michigan. Yeah, we're going to really do both of those, to. and we're going to broadcast live from at least mm-hmm. Detroit Conjure, possibly also the Michigan Pagan Festival. They're actually talking about that this week. Okay, uh, as to whether it's okay, we did get approval to broadcast. Mm-hmm. We did from yeah. convocation, but you guys were so flipping busy going yeah, to all we your were. classes, all these classes, it was crazy. <laughs> and then the Meet the Druids. We had yeah, we, were, we, we had agreed on a time to to do recording, and then. 
Carr found out that the Meet the Druids was happening at that time. And we were like, okay. And we were like, listen, this is the one thing at convocation that you want to go to. to We can record at home. It will be fine. And then then we actually took a whole other day because yesterday we were literally exhausted. It was like jet lag. I mean, we just, our son went to the town zone. And we were all four of us just Just, dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Yesterday, nothing was accomplished. Except I wrote a blog post and it took me all day. I made some dinner. But that's about it. Right. And by the way, you ought to go read the blog post that Ode did. It's Which is not about good. convocation. No. no, no, no. But it's about it's, some stuff we talked about on the ride home. Mm-hmm. Explain it real quick so that people can get an idea. It's called Ode to Breathing. It's the most recent blog as of right now, February 26, 2018. And it's about my relationship with heathenry, syncretism, uh, worship and devotion. And it's very, very much yeah. worth the read. Yep. Now, with that said, let's talk more about what we actually yes. did. <laughs> okay, so, so, so first things first. Very, very, very beginning. I want to thank whoever is involved in making these decisions at Convocation oh, because yes. during the sign-up process, which was a little... The, we weren't pre-registered so, and registration didn't open until 9. I'm I'm used to having to choose a pronoun that is not the right pronoun for me. It's a pronoun that I'll accept because I accept all pronouns just sort of ambivalently. But I prefer just sort of generally a gender neutral pronoun. And there's usually not an option for that. Um, And I just have to pick one and go with it. At convocation during the registration, when you choose your prefix, you know, Mr., Miss, Doctor, etc., there was an option for... MX, which is the gender neutral prefix. And that was great for me. That was really affirming and comfortable for me. So I wanted to thank whoever it was involved in convocation who was involved in in making that option available. That was very meaningful to me. Part of this is things we think they might be able to do better. Mm Mm-hmm. Re- if your first thing is at nine o'clock, yeah, you need registration your registration to be earlier than that. Needs to be started. earlier, because like technically, technically, the mentioned. opening event was the morning devotion, and we right. could have gone to that because we, we were, were there before nine. We got there at about eight thirty, right? But um, registration didn't open until nine, so we had to just sort of wait around, and then we didn't weren't finished with registration until nine twenty. Um, I'm sure part of that is because they were anticipating, you know, people pre-registering right. and all this kind of stuff, but. Not we, everybody can do that. Not everybody right. can we, do that. We didn't know for sure, guaranteed, that we were able to go until the very last minute. Right. And by yep. that time, pre-registration on the on the, on the the web mm-hmm. was, was closed. closed. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I think they one thing I would suggest is leaving registration open on the internet for a longer period of time. Right. For those people like us who have to wait until last minute to right. say, yes, I can go to one just, day. Just raise the price. Right, exactly. The normal price. Exactly. You don't, yeah. you don't have to leave the price reduced for registration right. at that close period but yep. you know if you don't want if you're not willing to open registration early at the door mm-hmm. you do need to give people some other option for registration right. yeah, yeah. because that, I think that, that, that lets could've... them get that sorted out ahead of time yeah because we i think i would have enjoyed going to the devotional it been yeah because yeah, exactly. we had to register and right. then there were we had some problems some with complications with paypal and so we had to like register again and, right yeah yeah yeah, that's, yeah. That's pay with cash PayPal. yeah yeah um but, but with our son too right yeah but it, but it, but it <laughs> slowed us down even further really bad and, relationship with, with paypal and, yeah and yes with anything electronic with, uh, a chip in it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's one of our biggest complaints was that yeah, was, yeah. Was, was just that you know 
we, we got there early and we had to just sort of wait around and acknowledge that we weren't going to be able to do this sort of opening mm-hmm. event. And mm-hmm. and that said, that being one of our bigger complaints, it's right. a very it's, minor complaint. Yeah, exactly. exactly. As compla- it's that, the classes were so ding dang crowded. But other than that, like, I really didn't have any major complaints. Right. Uh, no, my brother, my brother ha- attended one class that he didn't love. Right. But other, like, I enjoyed my classes. There was one that I felt was a little bit dry. Right. Um, but it wasn't bad. It was just unremarkable right. by yeah. comparison, probably right. to yeah. to the excellent classes I had I had already attended. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so if we want to talk about the classes we went to, Car can't contribute I'll tremendously sit back on to this that. One and not pay attention. <laughs> Seeing as he only went to Meet the Druids, which was not a class, no, right, no. but a meet and greet. Yep. Gwen, you wanna you wanna talk about your classes? Yes, absolutely. I started the day with going to cursing and counter cursing, which was taught by Reverend Melissa Hill, who's a ADF an ADF priest. She is with the Cedar Song Grove. According to her bio, it says she is an active participant in her build in building her local pagan community, a blogger, a spiritual artist, and ceremonial designer. She was fantastic. She really was. She was personable. I guess if I'm remembering correctly, she said this was the first time she's actually taught this particular workshop. So for it being her first time, I thought it was very good, very engaging. Um, She gave us a lot of great history about cursing. Mm -hmm. She gave us a lot of really good things to think about as far as the ethics of cursing and counter cursing. We got some really interesting discussion going in with the class. Mm-hmm. And she also showed us her go bag of what she takes <laughs> because she she goes to people's homes to assist people who feel they are being, you know, having malevolently influenced. Yeah, being malevolently influenced or have been cursed. Mm-hmm. And she helps do break and uh, break curses and just counter curses. Un- uncross. And right. uncross, yeah. exactly. Awesome. So I thought that was a great start for the day for me. I really enjoyed it. And then I believe the next class that I went to actually was the puppet making class. Right, right. That was presented by one of the guests of honor that were at convocation this year. The Dragon Ritual Drummers were presenting that. The The gentleman who was leading this, he gave us a lot of history. He, he lives in uh, New Orleans, so he gave us a lot of history about voodoo, about voodoo, about mm-hmm. voodoo, about poppets and voodoo dolls and what they're actually for and how really how misconceptions how, yeah <laughs> how much there is a misconception about them and then he talked to us about the legend of the voodoo doll that uh we were going to make mm-hmm. and that was uncle monday and it was it was fascinating it was a really interesting class the which only, is an alligator poppet right yeah well an alligator based it, he is a spirit of a black seminole warrior who okay. was a hero of his people during mm-hmm. the indian wars um which ones that happened the seminole wars, the seminole okay. wars yeah. in, in florida, florida. Yeah. when the union army was trying to clear the swamps out typical my understanding is the black seminole tribes were actually Formed from the Seminole Indians and the black slaves who escaped oh. into Florida. Okay. They became so the it was black, a coalition. Yeah, it, it was. It became the Black Seminole Tribe, and he was a Black Seminole leader and warrior. And he, we're not exactly sure what he did, but the legend says he went into the swamp and and sacrificed himself and became uh, oh. an alligator spirit. And that he then now protects those lands and his people as an alligator spirit. And so when you create a... That's really compelling. It is. And when you create uh, this poppet of Uncle Monday, 
he protects your home mm-hmm. because he is a protective spirit. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to make the poppet because the class was so popular. They had enough material for 50 people and Gwen was 51. No, actually, <laughs> there were 56 extra. You know, there were 56, 56 there, people, six yeah. people yeah. extra. And a few people had already left. And I got so much good information. And mm-hmm. I did. Just I was listening. Yeah, just listening to all of that. I decided I was going to make a poppet of Uncle Monday at home mm-hmm. when I can do it a little more traditionally because what he was able to, what he brought was, you know, it was like a popsicle stick cross mm-hmm. with some Spanish moss and a little animate, you know, or anime, animated or drawn alligator head. Uh-huh. But he said, if you want to make a more traditional one, what you can do is get a, a cross figure again, get that Spanish moss. And then if you want, if you can find uh, a small alligator skull, oh, yeah. that's more traditional. And then you dress the poppet in white and you mm-hmm. add things to it to, and you know, just to, and the more work you put into the more it, work you the put more, into the it, better a home you make it. Exactly. For, and then you yeah. bless it and you ask uncle Monday to come and protect your home and you hang it above a doorway. Gotcha. So that's something I would like to do a more did, traditional version of the poppet. I'm curious. Right? Did, did they go into sort of like, do you need a relationship with that spirit before the poppet works for you? Or no, that's the thing is he said, all you have to do is at least from what I understood from the class, all you have to do is call upon him respectfully mm-hmm. and ask for his help and he will give it. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. A very benevolent spirit. Yeah, yeah he really yeah. is. Yeah. So, um, very but again, it has to ancestor. everything. As with all things with ancestors and spirits and, mm-hmm. and gods and goddesses, you want to approach them with reverence mm-hmm. and with respect and, and uh, you know, and a willingness to work with them. Mm-hmm. And know. to understand their boundaries. And to understand and... their boundaries and understand who they were. Like, mm-hmm. He was a warrior. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he was a real person who lived and, and ultimately sacrificed his life for his people. Uh, he basically became the representation of the ancient alligator spirit. Right. And then rather than coming and hanging out with me, didn't you go to another class? I did. I did. <laughs> and here was another situation. This is a situation where I was going to go to a class on how to make uh, infused essential oils. Oh, yeah. Because I work a lot with essential oils. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that it was a beginner class, but right. I thought it would be an interesting thing to do to hone some skills, maybe learn mm-hmm. some new stuff. Well, I walked toward that door. It was all, it was standing room only with people like flow, starting to flow out uh-huh. the door. And I thought, okay, that's not going to work. Right. So I peeked and right next door, literally right next door, was a class called, and I have it right here in the little book, uh, Dance to Free the Mind and Spirit. And it was a belly dance class with the concept of teaching basic movements of belly dance to be used in a ritual setting. And the class focuses on how ritual dance helps to free the mind and explore the spirit by using the the four elements. Mm -hmm. And so this dance, every single move was representative of earth, air, fire, water, or spirit. And it's it's worth mentioning that Gwen used to be a belly dancer. Well, I took belly dance classes. Yeah, but you put on a few performances. Well, yeah. But it was it was with other students. It was a student uh, performance. Um, yeah, well, my cabarets in high school were still cabarets. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, I thought it was really fascinating. I haven't uh, done any kind of belly dancing in years, and it really mm-hmm. kind of recharged my interest in belly dancing. Mm-hmm. And it was fun, and I remembered, you know, a lot of those moves because uh-huh. it's 
muscle memory. Right. You just so needed that, that I just refresher. Needed that little refresher. My so body was sore afterward. Were the five moves that you learned that went with the different elements were right, were they familiar familiar moves? Yes. They okay. were all very basic familiar belly dance moves that could be used in any dance really. And what she did is she showed us a, a dance mm-hmm. and she gave us some music. And so it was probably about a minute and a half dance. It, you start with grounding and then you move into I think it was air element and mm-hmm. the fire element and then the earth element and then spirit was free form mm-hmm. and then moving back into the earth so you could ground again. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was just really a beautiful dance, a beautiful experience, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Do you awesome. think you're going to start incorporating dance into your craft? I do, actually. I think it's a wonderful idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way, especially during spell casting, to raise energy. Right. Uh, because that's the last thing I wanted to talk about is the last class that I attended, basically, mm-hmm. was the uh, Triple Goddess Ritual with one of the main presenters mm-hmm. at Convocation this year, Ellen Dugan. Mm-hmm. And she was, I mean, that it was packed. I We were all kind of afraid that some of us were going to get turned away. But <laughs> thankfully, we had a big enough room. But it was a, a ritual to, you know, to honor the Triple Goddess. Right. We invoked Hecate. Right. Um, I'm not going to go into the specifics of the ritual because, you know, I, I feel like that was something personal Sure. Yeah. that she shares. I don't know if she does that at other, mm-hmm. you know, if she does this at other um, gatherings or and whatnot. She is a high priestess of her coven mm-hmm. and a prolific author. We didn't, I didn't really. Is she, read... uh, is Ellen Dugan a Wiccan or? She is uh, a Wiccan. Let me, let's see. She is an award-winning author of 25 books. Both nonfiction and fiction, which I bought under her by her suggestion, because she happened to walk by the table when I was looking at her <laughs> books. She goes, "Have you read my fiction?" And so I was like, "No." And so I read the back of it, and I bought the book. It looks interesting. She good salesmanship. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. You know, she's a high priestess. Of, it doesn't say in here, but she is Wiccan. She led us in this really beautiful ritual, and as a solitary witch. I, I really, I can count on one hand the number of rituals I've mm-hmm. participated within a group. Within a group, yeah. And this was a very large group, and she laid down the law of how, mm-hmm. what she, how she expected everyone to behave. And everyone did. And she understood that many of us had not done this kind of a, a, a ritual or a gathering before. So she was very patient as she led us through the ritual. But I also, oh, I also got to participate in my first spiral dance, which mm-hmm. was part of the ritual. But what was awesome was during that spiral dance, we generated this huge amount of spiritual energy. And we basically, she encourages all to focus, to focus our intention and then we cast a spell. We, mm-hmm. you know, we released those intentions at the end of the, of the ritual, uh, which we have already started seeing <laughs> the fruition of this week starting, you know, today. today right. yeah. So yeah. it was, it was an amazing experience. That's the one thing I would also really encourage is if you go to convocation and you have the chance to participate in at least one ritual. Because they had a lot of rituals available Mm -hmm. throughout the, at least throughout Saturday, I'm sure, throughout the other days. Um, Go to at least one. Mm -hmm. Because it is, especially if you're a solitary, because it is a completely different experience when you are are doing your own solitary practice Mm -hmm. as as compared to what you would experience in a group. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the end of your day, yeah? That was pretty much, that was it, other than I went to... The British traditional. The British traditional, right. meet the British tradition, peppered them with questions. 
which they were very gracious about answering. Very patient. <laughs> very patient. And our son went, went with us to that. Seemed to have a good time, too. So it was fun just to talk to those people. Right. Uh, get to know them a little bit better and uh, learn more about British traditionalism. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, I thought it was interesting. They were they honor Gardner. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they. it seems like a lot of British traditional seems to be kind of moving away from... From a Gardnerian. From a Gardnerian perspective, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So classes you went to? Yeah, uh, I started the day at Encountering the Runes, which was a, a lecture run by Sarenth Odinson, who is a Northern Tradition spirit worker. The Northern Tradition is not heathenry, but it works with the same beings as heathenry. It works with the Norse gods and sort of the Norse tradition and the traditions surrounding that area. Right. But it is not explicitly heathen and it is not reconstructionist. It is a spirit-based work tradition. He was talking about the runes, the Elder Futhark, which... Yeah, he he was talking about the runes, about the Elder Futhark, which is the rune system that I am most familiar and comfortable with and which I am currently learning. And he described them in a way that I had never encountered before and which I found extraordinarily compelling and internally consistent and which I am going to be exploring in more depth moving forward and which may require me to refactor the way I have currently been learning the runes. I decided to spend the next two years studying every rune in the Elder Futhark one one per month. Um, There are 24 runes, there are 12 months in a year, so it's a two-year process. I am two months into it, so I have studied Fehu and Uruz. But I have studied them from a mostly academic perspective. And Sarenth Odinson introduced me to the runes with the concept that each rune is a spirit, that it has a spirit, that the spirits of these runes, that these runesvatir, were brought out of Ginungagap by Odin when he, he performed the sacrifice on the tree, when he hung himself and speared himself and made the sacrifices necessary to bring these runes into our world, and that they are not just symbols, but beings that you work with, that you have gebo with, that you make deals with. And that that process is what was where the power of the runes comes from. And I found that incredibly interesting. And it feels correct to me in a way I can't completely explain. Right. You definitely came out of it energized. I did. It Mm -hmm. was a spectacular class. He talked some about the the mythology we have about the runes, of which there is not a tremendous amount. Um, most of the the like the rune poems that we have are actually about the Anglo-Saxon Futhork, but they sh- the Anglo-Saxon Futhork includes the runes of the Elder Futhark under slightly different names right. uh, and variant traditions. The rune poems have some utility, but are not perfectly aligned to the Elder Futhark. And so we talked about that. We talked about the tr- some some different translations, uh, and he he guided us to. The Larrington translation, which is nice because previously I had been using the Bellows translation, which is much um, flowerier um, of the poetic Edda. And he just, he he demonstrated Galdry for us, which is speaking, intoning, literally croaking the rune, the name of the rune, uh, to invoke its spirit. And he demonstrated that for us, and that was very interesting. He demonstrated it in two ways. 
a high song-like tone sort of derived from ceremonial magic and a lower, more guttural tone derived from the literal world go word galder, which is to croak or caw. Okay. Um, and so that was very interesting. And I, he just, he talked about the runes in, 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 a, in a way that felt new and compelling to me. It's, it's going to force me to rethink how I'm approaching my study. Because here's the thing. I had already been approaching the runes as very powerful things. Right. That I needed to pay for. Mm -hmm. That I could not use frivolously. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I got involved in sigils initially. Was because sigils are something I create. They have only the power I put in them. Runes are something else. They have power already. Right. I have to bargain for that power. And a lot of people tend to treat runes a little cavalierly, wouldn't you say? Uh, some people do, yeah. Especially people who don't really understand right. runes. Right, right. And um, I would include myself in that And I'm not going to condemn those people because maybe for those people the runes mean something different. But for me, the runes are religiously important. Mm -hmm. And they feel like a... A very powerful and potent resource, which it would be unwise to foolishly use. Mm -hmm. So I don't use them for everyday purposes. And, and I have already been, I've already had a practice of making a sacrifice and performing work to justify my use of a rune. Every time I've used a rune, I've previously, because the, the Elder Futhark is broken into three etir, which are sets of the runes. There are 24 of them, so three sets, eight runes apiece, uh, and they're usually attached. Each et is usually attached, each et is usually attached to a god. So in the tradition I'm familiar with, those eights are Freya, Heimdall, and Tyr. So having not been exposed to this idea previously of the runes as individual spirits, I was making sacrifices to the god of each eight from which I used a rune. And that was fine. Um, I think it was serving its purpose. But all things change. And so must I. <laughs> and with the new information I have received from Odinson, which, like I said, feels internally consistent to me, feels coherent with my, with my understanding of my devotion and my practice, um, I'm going to have to change the way I approach the runes. I'm going to have to change the way I study the runes. I'm going to have to change the way I'm... I'm approaching this two-year path, and, and it will become less academic and more ritual, I think, right. more personal. That's very cool. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. So it was a, it was a, a f I guess it was a formative experience yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that I had at Convocation that I probably would not have ever gotten to without going without to Convocation. Going to convocation. Right. Um, and it was tremendously meaningful to me, and I am tremendously grateful to Mr. Odinson for being willing to share this this information and this experience mm -hmm. with everyone who was there. Yeah. It and was think, wonderful. And I think that's why it's important to encourage people, especially solitaries, mm -hmm. like like we like all myself. individually are, <laughs> right, yeah. even though we are our own little family coven, sort of, mm -hmm. uh, when we do um, you know the rituals for uh, holidays, we all still are uh, solitary practitioners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, I think it's so important to have these outlets to go to to experience the pagan community, to learn something you might not have learned on your exactly, own. Exactly, because you can't, 
It's extremely difficult to find information that you don't know you don't know. Exactly. Right. Yep. That's why teachers are important. Because self-study can only take you so far mm-hmm. before you run out of questions to ask. Right. Not because there are no more questions to answer, but just because you don't know what the next question is. Right. And that's why it's also important when you go to things like convocation or in, you know, in a few months, uh, Michigan Pagan Fest mm-hmm. or Conjure Fest. Conjure, yep. Yep. Um, you got to be willing to step a little bit out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone and go to classes you don't think will you don't be relevant. Think they'll be for relevant, you. you know. Exactly. Or don't go to classes. Or like don't I go do. to classes. Or at don't. All. Or don't. But 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 you know, but be a that special said, butterfly. That said, I had the best time, even though I didn't go to a class, mm-hmm. because everybody was very pleasant, mm-hmm. very, very nice. Open very open, Mm -hmm. and understood where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't get that in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. In the world, when I talk about things that are pagan in the world, I get dumbfounded looks. Uh Exactly. (laughs) Right, but at convocation, I can talk about it, and everybody's like, oh, totally get you. I know exactly where you're coming from. So as somebody who's a solitary, who struggles with how the rest of the world views what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. having that... You know that validation. Thousand to twelve hundred people go. Oh yeah, we get it. Right. You're like, can't I'm not crazy. I'm I'm not not alone. These are my people. people. Right. (laughs) And the great thing too is that you know we were at this hotel and convocation just basically took over this hotel. (laughs) The entire you know the lobby, lobby, all of the all of the conference rooms, rooms, (laughs) all the rooms that people had you know were staying Uh in overnight. And so you had to, you, I would there just kind of walk around. There must be people who just there I was like, the night. And I, I know, I was like wandering around going, I just wonder what the mundanes who are here must be thinking. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> the good Lutheran or whatever who's yeah. staying on the sixth floor. <laughs> isn't it wonderful to be the people who are actually in the majority right, in the yeah. situation? <laughs> it was very fun. All right, what other classes did you do? Yeah, so I, yes, I know I've now talked extensively about encountering the rooms. I knew you would, so it's all good. It was such a good class. It was, if I had done nothing else at convocation, encountering the runes would have been 100% worth it to me. Yeah. But I did follow it up with some other classes. Uh, the next class I went to was um, the tarot intensive, the major arcana, mm-hmm. which was put on by... Pat and Paul from Arts and Craft, which is a store we have visited. Yep. In Hartford, Michigan. Yep. Uh-huh. And we love, we love you, we love, We love yeah. them. We love Arts and Craft. It's a great store. It's a little bit we're, of a drive for us. We've actually talked, I talked to uh, Pat mm-hmm. there, and I think we're going to do a broadcast yeah. from there. Fabulous. Yeah. Because they're British traditionalists. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's a way so for they us have to an get interesting more in depth with that. Yeah. Um, and actually talk to them at their store and do one of our podcasts from mm-hmm. there. So and that'll we, be coming up shortly-ish. Ish, yeah. <laughs> we love to support them because, um, you know, there are so few pagan stores. Yeah, in this area. In the area. And it's still, a, it's an over it's, an hour yeah, drive for us long, to get right. there. It's a long so drive for us to be it, there. So we don't get to go very often. No, right. we don't. But well, especially during winter. I mean, yeah, yeah. because we live in Michigan, you can't The really roads, make... yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last time we went, there was flooding. We had right. to find a completely new way to get there <laughs> because, the like, a half, quarter mile of the road was underwater. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so a good anyway. thing for GPS. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a, a, a little shout-out to Pat and Paul. We love you uh-huh. guys. Yep. Yep. Um, and so they, so they were running the tarot intensive on the Major Arcana and Oracle cards, which was actually the part two of, uh, I believe, the first part of that they did. Um, last on, year, right? Yeah, either last year or on Friday. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. Um, sometime last year or on Friday, sometime, right. uh, listen, listen, time is made up and nothing matters. Um, yeah. um, 
but but um, I'm I'm already you know passingly familiar with the tarot. Um, Don't let her, no more than a little pat no. You are more than a little passingly familiar. This child knows how to read tarot. Uh, I got a tarot. I got a tarot deck called the Intuitive Tarot when I was a teenager. And although I have lost the book many, 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 many years ago, I still read it based solely on what the cards look like. Very and, skilled. And, and the feelings I have associated with those cards. Yes. Um, very skilled at reading. So I didn't feel too bad about missing the first no. half of the class, which was about <laughs> the suits of the minor arcana. But I wanted to go to this major arcana um, session and see if there was any new information there. And it was fine. Uh, it was a PowerPoint presentation. I grew up on PowerPoint presentations, so I am extraordinarily critical of them. <laughs> this one was about what I expected from someone who did not grow up making PowerPoint presentations, right. probably. Yep. You said, I think in the car, um, car uh, <laughs> said that wow. possibly if, if they could have, if Pat, I think was the one leading Pat the was class, one leading she said, me, yeah. if she could have like actually done a spell. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been nice. Let me talk first about what they did. What they did, what, what, what Pat did was she had a PowerPoint presentation and each, she had a, a page for each card in the Major Arcana and mm -hmm. she just sort of went through what their meanings were. Uh, and each one she talked a little bit about what, uh, apparently each card in the Major Arcana has a specific long symbolic name uh, attached to it by the Golden Order of uh, by Hermetic the Hermetic uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, so she mentioned those briefly. She didn't get into them in tremendous detail, but but um, they Paul did mention that they're going to be putting together a class probably next year uh, about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and its. Um, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, and its At convocation. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. its Well, I know what class so, I'll be going to. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's confirmed yet, but Paul has, has mentioned that he was trying to put that together. So that would be great. So that should be interesting, and and yeah, if they do get that, that, that together next year, I'd be very interested in going to that. Yep. Aside from that, um, she just sort of talked about the the general connections of each card. Sure. I mean, it was fine, but it was also information I could have gotten anywhere. What was more interesting was when she got to the end of the Major Arcana and she started talking about Oracle decks and using them in conjunction with Tarot decks, um, where if you have an unclear Tarot reading, you pull like a single card out of an Oracle deck that has like a corresponding feeling to the deck you're using and use it as a clarifying agent, which was a premise I had never encountered before and which seemed interesting mm -hmm. to me. She talked about that in some detail. She talked about using... Um, non-rider weight decks, which she doesn't seem to approve of. Um, <laughs> oh, she would not like my tarot. <laughs> no, she deck would not. Then. She would not like it at all. She thinks they're bad for beginners. Well, um, fair. That that was more interesting to me. And what we talked about in the car was that it would have been nice if there had been some way to for her to to do sample spreads mm -hmm. to 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 do actual tarot readings, maybe just very general ones. Mm -hmm. Well, and explain and how talk you said through that could be done. and and talk and well, you can do it with a projector. Yeah. They yeah. do it in schools all the time. Yeah, so I mean they had a projector there that mm -hmm. they had the PowerPoint hooked up to. Yeah. So at that point all you need is a webcam. Yeah. Hook it up to your computer, send it to the mm -hmm. projector and you can do an overview shot. Right. Yeah, yeah, an overhead shot of the hands. Shot of the hands. So you feel yeah. like that like a practical portion would have been right. helpful. I think and I think at the, especially for someone like myself who's already, you know, Tarot intensive to me feels like I was, I guess I was just expecting something more advanced. Right. And what I got was, you know, a brief overview of every card. And that was fine. 
And maybe it was more useful for someone who is less familiar with right. the, with the deck. the deck. But I was expecting something more about maybe the process of reading. Then that maybe would have been more interesting to me. And I would have liked, I definitely would have liked to see Pat perform even a fake reading and talk about how she would have interpreted these cards. You right, know? yeah. That would have been interesting to me and would have been a sort of a nice cap to that session. Um, Pat and Paul, if you're listening, <laughs> I do love you. I do love you. Just hear some constructive criticism. <laughs> but so, so I went to that class and it was, like I said, it was fine. I think part of it was that I had had my world sh- like moved by the encountering the runes right, class yeah. just prior to that. Like the, the first class I went to was a major paradigm shift. And then I followed it up with a pretty by the numbers right. tarot class. And, yep. and consequently, I was maybe, maybe if I had started with the tarot class, I would have been more impressed by it. Who knows? Right. And then we went to meet the Druids. Right. We went to meet the Druids. There were a few, like, there were some things going on at the two, uh, the two o'clock time slot, which was when this was, um, that I could have gone to. But um, I that thought was it was when I was belly dancing. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was I thought it was more interesting, even though I'm not a member of the ADF, to accompany Carr to that meeting and sort of see what his people do. And your mm. brother, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother went with us. Yep. Um, so we went up to the to the ADF meeting zone, and they talked about ADF stuff, and they were very welcoming. I mean, neither neither my brother nor I are members of the ADF, and neither of us are particularly interested in being members of the ADF. But, uh, and we made that clear, but they were very welcoming to us and, yeah. and that we didn't feel excluded at all. They involved us in the conversation. I, I talked for, a, you know, briefly with, with one of the druids, mm-hmm. one of the, yeah, yeah, with one of the druids yeah. uh, about, uh, about the, the lack of a traditional hearth god in the Norse pantheon. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I proposed Logie. He objected that Logie is more about wildfire. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Frigga, you know, and so, but that, I mean, that was an interesting conversation. They talked about, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in the EDF, in the ADF yep. um, politically and religiously and stuff like that. Right. So, Which so, you can find out in, some of that's in episode two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. of, uh, Those conversations are right, ongoing. Free Pagan um, but thing, so, so. Something I wanted to talk about was that they had... These little name tags there. Yeah, that, which were great. Yeah, uh, which you could select your pronouns on them. Yeah. And then you could also, and they had neutral pronouns. Nice. And you could also select whether you were willing to accept hugs, whether you were willing to accept handshakes, or whether you did not want to be touched at all. Right. And I, I thought that was great. great. Yeah. Well, and it also said at the top, it said, you may call me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that you could put whatever, whatever, name, name. You, whatever mm-hmm. name you wanted on there. Yep. And then on the pronouns section, there was, there yeah, was a there check, was a mark, check mark for ask me. And yeah, there was one for ask me because you want to have that discussion with somebody. Yeah, and we cool. talked about that. Uh, we, we, I, I talked about with the, that with the, uh, with the lady With from, Jen Hatter. Yeah. Who, from uh, one of them. One, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cedar Song, maybe? Uh, Cedar Song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from Cedar Song, I think. Yes, um, that is definitely right. <laughs> And, and we talked Jen, about. Don't kill me. <laughs> we talked about why she included that option, uh, and she said she included it because some people are still in such a place of you know they've they've been harassed about it so much that they just want someone who will listen to them be angry about it for a minute. Yeah. You know they want to have that argument. And my experience too is that some people are just natural edu- educators. They walk around with that information in their back pocket, and they're ready to drop it at a moment's notice. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
You know, so I thought that was great. I wouldn't know anybody like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was great that they that they included all those options yeah. and that it was so inclusive. Yeah. Did you go to any others? You did, didn't you? I did. Yeah. yeah. After after the Meet the Druids uh, thing, I went to a class called Unbinding Loki, which was uh, one yeah. of the classes I was most excited about to attend. Probably why you couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. It was great. It was like a, it was extremely full. I don't think Nicole, who presented it, expected it to be so full. But it, she talked about the mythology of Loki, uh, none of which was new to me because I've read every single piece of it. But she introduced a new perspective on, on a particular piece of it, which was interesting, which casts Freya in a new and interesting light. She talked about um, her relationship with Loki and how her relationship with Loki uh, has influenced her relationship with the other gods. Um, with Odin especially. Uh, and it was just, it was a really interesting, sort of open, very comfortable discussion group. And it was just nice to, to because Loki has sort of a... A bad reputation. What I'm going to generously call a mixed reputation. <laughs> and and is sometimes not well received in the communities that I am part of. And that is a struggle for me because I fucking love Loki and his kids. Right. And I have for my entire life well before I was even interested in heathenry or knew it was a religious option. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 always extremely hard for me to keep my mouth shut when people start bad-mouthing any of my gods, really, but especially the ones who already get so much shit. Um, so it was just, it was great to be surrounded by people who were willing to be open about that. Right. And, there, like, there was, there was, a, there was a guy in the group who... Who had come there because he thought it was a different class. And by the time it started, like, he realized he was in the wrong class. But for some reason, he was... Just chose to yeah, stay. Yeah, he just decided, well, well, I'm here now. Right. And he, you know, at the end of the... Uh, near the end of the meeting, he was, you know, explaining, you know, he'd been told for his entire um, life as a pagan that Loki was bad. Stay away from him. He's evil. He'll, he'll, he'll mess you up. Just right. don't get involved. And this gave him a completely new perspective on Loki and you know and it gave him a new perspective on other deities too because he had gotten the same advice about Hades for some reason mm -hmm. right um well, and we you know we were discussing this in the car yeah um uh, you know Hecate is considered a dark mm -hmm. goddess and and some people fear her it's the same thing we also talked about uh with Kali Kali yeah in the car is that you know she she is feared by yep. some people whereas I find her to be an incredibly dynamic and beautiful goddess mm -hmm. Um, Dynamic is the right word. Yeah. I, we have to have both, you know, yeah. what is called, you know, the so-called quote-unquote dark. dark goddesses or light goddesses. Uh -huh. I, I think that's a misnomer, personally. Well, and it's a misunderstanding. None of our gods are, are perfect. At least none of mine are. All of my gods are complex, sophisticated mm -hmm. people with problems who make mistakes and learn from them or don't, depending on how things shook out. Like... None of them are simple. Imagining them as simple does them a vast disservice. Exactly, exactly. Well, and that's, for instance, Hecate, um, one of the things Ellen Dugan was saying, because she brought up the fact that, you know, some people are, are a little, you know, wigged out. Mm -hmm. um, but she is a triple goddess, and she can come to you in a, a myriad right. of, you know, of ways through her three aspects. And it just depends on what you need at the time. Mm -hmm. She or what she thinks you need at the time. Right. 
You, well, what you she, think you need and what she thinks you there's need. An, there's an argument different. to be made that maybe she knows better than you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, you have to be willing and open to whatever aspect mm-hmm. of the god or the goddess that you work with mm-hmm. is going to, to it's gonna bring you. Bring you. And, and I think is, that's the same with Loki. Well, and, and it's the thing is, like, if you work with Odin, but you reject Loki, man, have you misunderstood both of them. Mm-hmm. Like... Odin is just as likely to crack you open and drain you out and fill you in with something new as Loki is. And furthermore, and I got into this in the Unbinding Loki class, it's it's literally illegal to drink to Odin without drinking to Loki or vice versa because they are blood brothers. <laughs> that's, that's part of the rules of being blood brothers is that you have to hail them together. Right. <laughs> uh, or neither can accept your offering. You know, that's just how, how it works. And right. that's in the mythology. And, yeah. you know, so many people just discard that because it doesn't approve of it. But whether you approve of it or not, it's that's Does part it of it. Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. there. I did I did have one more class. class. Oh, gosh. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I had one more class that I, that I, that one? That I went to. It was when you were doing the, the British traditionalist. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You were you and, and Gwyn and my brother were all yep. at the British traditionalist. And I was at... The, uh, a guided meditation put on by Michelle Ballinger right. called Down to the Well of Memory walked us through this meditation uh, and it involved going to a well in a wasteland. Conveniently, I already have a dream space that includes a wasteland so I just went to that place and right. moved into the wasteland part of it found a well and you go down into the well and you find there something that you have discarded some piece of you that you have perhaps unwisely thrown away and you bring it back with you and you reintegrate it into yourself. Okay. Yeah. And it was a very interesting um, meditation and one that I think I'm going to maybe incorporate into my regular practice because I have a, I have a meditation practice that involves doing an assessment of my current state and deciding whether this is a useful thing to keep or whether it is a thing that should be remade. But I think it's very useful to have this other tool now to say, okay, what are things I've gotten rid of that I shouldn't have? Right. So I just wanted to, to mention that, that Michelle Ballinger put that on, and it was... Sure. It was... Um, Another person who's a prolific author. She's yeah. got a lot of books yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, and does a lot of, of work at mm-hmm. convocation. Mm-hmm. And has for many years, as yeah. I understand it. Yeah. But I, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. It was uh, It was not the most profound experience that I had there. The most profound experience that I had there was encountering the runes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really? I would not have known that. No. Shocker. <laughs> but it was nice. I think for some people who maybe are less comfortable dealing with that aspect of themselves, mm-hmm. dealing with the things they have thrown away, it might have been more powerful because I do that kind of work on myself continually. Maybe it was just more, you know, everyday sort of... Right. Conventional material to me. But it was interesting. And I think for some people, it could have been extremely useful. Very cool. I also did want to mention that our son and Ode's brother oh, yep. uh, went to a class that was on grounding and centering. Oh, my God. And yes. And this was like, so good for him. So good for him and just tr- just changed his life, uh-huh. in, you yeah. know, as far as in he's dealing been, with some He's things. been so energized since going to that class. Mm-hmm. He said that, that it's, it was sort of a self-care class. Yes, that's how that, he thought that of it. sort of the motto was, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's great. That, yeah. I think, is what I... Especially for, for people who struggle with self-worth mm-hmm. or, or with their identity, you know, that's very valuable. And it meant something 
incredible to oh, to my brother. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that, that he went to that class and got that experience. And that's one of the things that I think is great about convocation is they don't just have classes that are all lecture. They have mm -hmm. experiential yep. classes, practical classes, things that you can make, yep. uh, things that will literally change your perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that there are just, it hits all the different ways people learn. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. Yep. So the, we wanted to thank the MEC for mm -hmm. putting yes. on conversation. That's the, that's the Magical Education Council. Right. Their purpose is to create community by promoting and sharing of knowledge, mm -hmm. experience, and fellowship among people who follow mystical and esoteric traditions. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Oh, we got. Um, we haven't even talked about the art. Oh, no, no, we'll get there. <laughs> just, just be, be, be patient. patient. Be patient. <laughs> um, also, I really want to give a shout out to Tri-Dragon Photography, who was oh, the Yeah, the on-set photographer. photographer. He was on amazing <laughs> on set. Yeah, you can tell I work on in movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he was there and... Just watching him work and stay out of the way yet mm -hmm. still be involved is really cool. A lot of photographers, I've been doing events right. most of my life, and a lot of photographers get in the way of what's mm -hmm. going on in it's order to me. take your pictures. I do that. Uh, um, <laughs> he was really good about, like, if you didn't look for him, you mm -hmm. didn't know he's there. Yeah. But, I never saw him. Yeah. So. I only saw I didn't him when notice he was set up on the stage, I think, taking pictures of children for their masquerade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they had a masquerade ball. Uh, they had a wonderful, in the, in the yeah, evening. some wonderful events for children. Yeah. And I think he was, t I thought I saw him taking like portraits of the mm -hmm. kids in yeah. poses and things yeah. like that. So I thought that was fun. So the other cool thing about this was there was an art room and there was a merchant room. Mm -hmm. Which the merchant room could have been much bigger. Oh, oh yeah. So oh, much. my God. Yeah. It should have been bigger. So... The art room opened early, which was yep. nice. It opened at nine. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get in there fairly quickly. Our our son and I went mm -hmm. right away at nine o'clock because we weren't, or 9.30 because right, we weren't they going, were going to classes, classes go, yeah. for the first one. And so we jumped into that room and it was absolutely packed. It was way smaller than the merchant yeah, room. Yeah, I never got to get a, a complete look at the art room because I was so busy. And every time... I got in there, like, there was a traffic jam at some point along the room. A, a tip, if you are going to convocation and want to check out the art skip room. Skip at least or, one class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the art room or the or the merchant, merchant room. room, skip at least one class. Because trying to get in there between classes is it's a nightmare. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It gets completely packed. The other mm -hmm. thing is, if you can find the time during the dinner break to do yeah. it. Yeah. We noticed that during the dinner break, there were less people in those rooms as well oh. because people were out Eating. Yeah. Oh my God! And speaking of shouts out to to wonderful people, the people at the Wendy's. There's a Wendy's near oh the Convocation God, Hotel, right next to the Chili's, and they across were across from the hotel. We walked there, and they were absolutely slammed. And they had, and there one... was one heroic cashier. I don't know if she was a manager or what, but she kicked ass. She kept things moving. She was. She deserved a medal. It was and she, astonishing. And she had been there for all... She, she was supposed to have left. By the time yeah. we left, she was two hours over time. And there was this huge line, because it wasn't just people coming from, no. from the hotel. It was just people, random right. people uh -huh. going, hey, dinner, let's go to Wendy's. Right. And so it was packed as far as nuts. the... And there was only one cash register Yeah, they, they tried to open another one, and it didn't work. Yeah. And I felt... And they were running out of shit. Uh -huh. And I mean, But like, they <laughs> soldiered through. They were brave and valiant. Yeah. Oh, they were off. They were, I, I, honestly, I actually, it was, it was, I, I have so much respect for people in service careers in general. Oh right. my gosh. And these people really, like, 
they got slammed and oh. they handled it with such grace they under pressure. Did. Yeah. And when I got my food, I think I had been standing up there for uh-huh. almost yeah. a half an hour waiting for my food to, to bring back to the table. Mm-hmm. And um, she handed it to me. She, she was like, I'm so sorry for your weight. And I was like, honey... <laughs> I just want to tell you and everybody back there, you're doing a great job. I'm I'm just so impressed with you all. Because they and really she just were. cheered. She just perked right up because <laughs> they really, really were. Yeah. Yep. So shout out to the Wendy's. Yes. Shout out to the Wendy's. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time in the merchant room and spent a lot of money. Oh uh, yes. Uh, in <laughs> the merchant room. Oh, I uh, did want to talk about the, like they had. We, do we want to talk about some of the art they had? Sure, you can um, do that. Because yeah. they, I, like I said, I didn't get to see much of it, but I did see, and I don't know who the artist was, and I don't have a map of the art rooms in the back of the convocation book, unfortunately. Or a listing of the artists. Yeah, so I can't say who it was. Any but, of those three? But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> another, um, t- uh, another thing, I think it would be great if they could if list, a list the artists, of all the artists and, yeah. the, art, the, and the people room, yeah. who were there and the merchants. Yeah, um, that would be great. They list the merchants, but they did, did they, not but list, they didn't the, list yeah. the artists. Yeah. But I saw, I saw that um, Arts and Craft had a display of their athames in the art room. Which are Which they make. Which they're, they make by hand. They have their own forge. We've seen them at Arts and Craft, and they're exquisite. They are. But there was also, like I said, I don't know who this was. If you know who it was, tell me in the comments. Um, but there was a, a selection of paintings, these very long rectangular portrait style paintings of different gods, and they had two that were of Odin. It was the same design, but one was bigger and one was smaller. And it was Odin and Hugin and Munin, and they were beautiful yeah, devotional yeah. pieces. And if yeah. I had had $400 lying around, <laughs> I would well, own them. The, that was the thing. I think every single thing in there was a beautiful oh my God, devotional yeah. piece. Something that or you something could, useful. Something right. useful yeah. in, in ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, there were these, they were poppets essentially, but they were just, had all these Plant like poppets, vines yeah. and flower, flowers and, and butterflies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want one to put on my <laughs> altar. Yeah. It's they had, so perfect. They had some beautiful stuff in yeah. the art room. They really so did. if if you know all like if you have a list of all the artists who were at convocation, oh please yes. put it in the comments. Yeah, yeah, send it to us. I want one like of those poppets. I never got around to getting one because uh-huh. I'd already bought too much other stuff. Yeah, at the merchant room, which at we will the now discuss. Merchant room. <laughs> there are a couple of merchants we want to give shout outs to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one is Steampunked. That's Brian Goins. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, my yeah. brother got an adorable tiny robot elephant from yep. there who and he has named Reginald Von Gear. Yeah, so Brian, <laughs> if you're listening, the elephant has been named. <laughs> that was a, re- a requirement a re- of the purchase. Of the and purchase. he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And his, his other stuff is amazing. Like really everything is. he did. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And my guess is the only reason why he wasn't in the art room because he makes everything yeah. that he has. It's it's all clay uh, what, polymer, I believe. Right, was that it was so big of a space. Yeah. He yeah. actually yeah. had He two, had a huge table. Yeah, yeah, he actually had two locations. He had a lot of product. Yeah. yeah. It was all fabulous. And he's beautiful. a super nice guy. Yeah, so. he is. Yeah. And he'll tell you all about, like, the process he used and, like, right. what, what his... What his emotions were while he was designing this particular owl figurine. Right. Like. <laughs> Happy Hookers Detroit, which yeah. is the, this is the knit sh- stuff. Yeah, the oh, knit I stuff. loved yeah. those. Yeah. Which they you can really... get their stuff online, too. Yeah, so. and actually all of the people we talk about will be in the notes yeah, we'll for be this in the episode, notes. so you'll have a link to all of mm-hmm. those. Because you'll so, want to check them out. Yeah. They are mm-hmm. fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what, what their stuff was? So they have this, like, two... The, it's two pieces that you can wear together. One is, like, a bolero... It's a scarf, but the long, the two long ends of the scarf are sleeves. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so you can you can wear it as a scarf, and then if you get cold, you can decide you have sleeves now. And, it would be nice to have that. Yeah, just to put right. on. Yeah. Uh, and then they've got a piece that is like quite how to it's describe it. It's like a it's like a little tiny half vest yeah. thing. And it's got a huge hood, hood on it yeah. that, that you can lift up. That was my favorite piece. And I think it would be great for going under the hood if that is part of your shamanic mm-hmm. tradition. Yeah. When we post that, if you go to the uh, Happy Hookers uh, Detroit webpage, mm-hmm. she actually, Christina, who is the artist for that, actually mm-hmm. has a video up mm-hmm. showing yeah, how, how different ways that yeah, you can wear it. Yeah. Easy. She, kind of tried, yeah. she demonstrated for mm-hmm. us. And they're and they're uh, lovely. They're very they're close beautiful, knit. They're beautiful. They're close knit. They look comfortable. And mm-hmm. the prices are reasonable. Yeah. Violet Flame Gifts, which is for you guys, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you don't remember where she was at. Mm-hmm. I remember vaguely, but I don't think right I She was right next to Magical table. Druid. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she yeah, had all yeah. of the soaps. And, oh, yes, 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 yes. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't remember who that was, quite honestly. Sorry, we were talking about uh, some henna. I was thinking, was she next to the henna lady? (laughs) No, no, no. No, no. So. Which, by the way, the henna lady, she was outstanding. My henna is perfect. Yeah, (laughs) yep, and looks great. I wish we knew who it was. I know. I forgot to get a card. (laughs) So whoever you are, henna lady, you're the best and the awesome. (laughs) Morgana Grimm from Poking Dead Things. Oh, God, yes. I bought my my, uh, crystal pendant from her. Yep, you bought a crystal pendant. Our son bought some quills. Yeah, some porcupine, porcupine quills. quills. There, she had an alligator skull, but it was too big. Right. Because <laughs> then my my it would not have gone over the door. No. Right. Definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. They have a um, lot of jewelry. They have a lot of jewelry. They have not, a lot of stuff, lot of stuff bone made jewelry. from bone. Um, yeah. and Beautiful. So again, things. we'll post the website to poking dead things mm-hmm. as well. Personally, I want to thank Michael Dangler for yes. being there. Mm-hmm. Michael is an ADF druid from don't remember the name of his grove, but they're in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and he also runs a store called the Magical Druid, mm-hmm. and I think we all bought we stuff every single from one, there. every single one of us from there. So I bought the Om and a book on the Om by Skip Ellison, so Reverend Robert Lee Skip Ellison, who's also a uh, former Archdruid of the ADF. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this book is incredible. I mean, I showed it to you, but it's yeah. super comprehensive. Got a lot of stuff in it, so I'll make sure I link to that as well. Mm-hmm. So that people can go ahead and purchase this online if you want it. Or you can hit up Michael and I'm sure he has them in stock as well at the Magical Druid. But yeah, so there were a lot of really cool things in that room. There was a goddess statue that I really wanted to get, but I just decided to wait. Mm -hmm. Because it was, I wasn't quite sure if it was appropriate for my altar space or not. Right. But oh, it was such a beautiful We all bought runes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Car got the om. Yep. Gwyn got... I got the witch's runes. Right, which, which I'm, I was unfamiliar with. Well, the witch's runes are actually, they're a modern divinatory mm-hmm. invention. They're not, you know, there's nothing ancient about right. them. They're, they do have, um, you know, it's like your typical runes. There mm-hmm. are 13, generally, although there are some sets that only have eight. Mm-hmm. And each one has, you know, has a different meaning. Uh, the one that, uh, you know, there's a sun, there's... A moon. A moon. I don't have my glasses Let's see. on. Let me read them. There's a sun, a moon, flight, which looks like a flock of uh, birds, mm-hmm. rings, romance, which is a triquetra, woman, which is a Y, man, which is a tear symbol, harvest, which is something, some kind of basket, maybe, with grains in it, crossroads, which is um, what it says on the tin, star, which is an asterisk, waves, which is a bunch of waves, scythe, which is a scythe. And I, 
which is an eye. Mm -hmm. So I've never really felt particularly drawn to runes. I've never felt particularly drawn like to the Elder Futh art mm -hmm. at all. And so, I, I mean, in the years past, when I was just beginning, I had a set of runes. But I didn't really understand them. I didn't connect with them. Probably, yeah, Futhark set. And uh, so they, it just, it never really did much for me. Right. And I never bothered to really learn much about them. Right. But I like the witch's runes. It, it just, it appeals to me probably because I'm a witch. <laughs> and so this is, I want to learn how to do this. And you can mm -hmm. do it in a, in a, you know, a three. Right. Like a, like a like card a draw. Pull, a, yeah. Like a three pull or a five pull for right. a pentacle. Yeah. yeah. I do a, a one card pull from the tarot. Mm -hmm. uh, I have that on our, our website, yep. website every Friday. Mm -hmm. Ish. Ish. Okay, I forgot one week. But um more late one week. And I was late one week. But I tried to do a Friday poll and just a general one card reading. Yep. And so uh I think that's what appeals to me about the witch's runes is it's not terribly complicated. Mm -hmm. right. You know. And it's more in and, and uh, once you learn what each symbol means, it's it's more in it, becomes more intuitive right mm -hmm. so that that appeals to me as a, a psychic medium i guess right yeah. Yeah. And an another intuitive. tool yeah, yeah another tool yeah. for that and then you bought yeah i bought or actually my brother bought for me right a a set of uh elder futhark runes on pine they're completely beautiful. completely handmade each yeah. one was by cut, michael and, cut and January. sanded by yeah. hand well and... these i believe were yeah. made by yeah, him they as were well all actually all made by him. everything yep. he was made by him mm -hmm. um and so so i got those i had i had debated with myself for a long time whether I wanted to get runes before my two-year study is done or whether I needed to make my own from scratch, which is a thing I don't know how to do, so that would be a whole additional study process I would have to go through. Um, and, then and, you, and then you watched me whittle and went, nope. Right. Or, and or, you didn't or want like, to cut your fingers off with a bandsaw. Right. And I didn't know what material I felt I would need. And, right. you know, so this is something I have been debating with myself for a long time. Because I have to take everything too seriously. That is Ode's way. But uh, but but after this, uh, after having my world shaken by the Encountering the Runes class at nine thirty, <laughs> at later in the day, I went to the the merchant room, and my brother brought me. He was to, so excited. He was so excited. He had found these runes, and he was just. And there were several different beside himself. There were yeah, there the were. There. He had probably six different sets of yeah. Elder Futhark mm -hmm. runes there. I was. Pleased to see that um, sometimes he cuts 25 slips and there are only 24 runes in the Elder Futhark. And a lot of places include right. a blank one. Include a quote-unquote blank rune as a wild card, which I feel is a nonsense concept. Because if you need a blank one, first of all, why are you reading the runes if you just want to be able to fill in your bingo space with what with whatever you want? Um, <laughs> Not like... You know, you have any real personal feelings about it. Right. <laughs> and, and second of all, with the information, you know, of, from Sarenth Odinson, if each rune is a spirit, what in the fuck is in the blank rune? Gagingagop? <laughs> like, <laughs> the void? So what I would he... like not to receive that in a reading, please. Um, so, what so, he... so what he does is he, he includes another symbol uh, in the blank rune and it can be just sort of a token so he had one that had a Valknut he had one that was the, the helm of awe and so that was an interesting idea to sort of make peace with the fact that sometimes you're going to cut 25 slips and if you do right. do you just throw that one away but regardless he never uses a blank rune the set of runes I got doesn't it, it's 24 Elder Futhark runes and nothing else and I don't know I touched and played with and yep. examined each one and 
This was the one that called to you. Yeah, called that you. that I that appealed to me the most. They're a little larger than I expected to want my runes to be. They feel right for some reason. Yeah. Um, honestly, I was surprised by that too because Ode likes tiny, I tiny, like tiny, things. tiny things. The smaller, the better. That's tiny true. cups, tiny spoons. But these did seem to fit you. Mm-hmm. They suited you. So, so my brother got them for me. Like I said, I'm reassessing how I'm going to be approaching the runes. I might need to start over and start over again from Fehu and do it the right way. But I decided to get these because I, I wanted to have a home. For the, for the spirits yeah. that I'm speaking to, right. to be able to say, I have made this place for you. Yeah. Here Here is the place for you where I will always, this place will always be for you and it will be sacred to you. Right. And and I wanted mm-hmm. to have something that I could, that I could do that to start that work. So, so that was why I decided to, to get these runes at the end of the day. Okay. And they're lovely. And then you also got a book. I did, yes. I, I And I, I also got, <laughs> I found... $2.50 in my wallet that I didn't know I had. So I bought a, a wolf tooth that was $2.50 because I cannot leave a merchant room without something that was once alive and is no more. This is true. <laughs> um, so now it's on my altar with my coyote cloths. But I also got a book called Sigil Witchery by Laura Tempest Zakrov, who also ran a class, I think, yeah. during yep. convocation. Yep. She did. Um, although I did on not attend it. S- on Sunday. Yeah. So it was after we had gone... But um, if you go to the convocation page on Facebook, you can actually see the sigil they came up with um, mm. as a group oh, nice. for that, which was for post-convocation focus. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, so, and, yeah. and it's all all broken yeah. down for you as well mm-hmm. on the board that they wrote it on. How, how it was put yeah, together. Yeah, so it's something you may want to dig into. Yeah, definitely. As well as anybody who's listening. Yeah, um, she, she uses a completely different method of sigil craft than the one I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with creating sigils, sort of the chaos, the chaos right. magician right. sort yep. of ceremony. And we talked about that in the last episode. Right. Yep. Um, and, well, yeah. And yeah, During did. Magical Alphabets, yep. I think, yep. yeah. And I think I may have mentioned it during the talk about names because I have sigils for my names. Right. right. So I, I've been creating sigils that way, um, like I said, for, for circumstances where I want a focusing visual, but I, I feel it is it would be inconsequential. It's too small for, for the use of runes. Right. Um, I make a sigil for that, and I've been doing that the Chaos Magician way. Laura Tempest-Zakroff has a completely different method um, for sigil craft, so I'm going to be reading this book. It looks very interesting. It's sort of a more artistically focused method of sigil design, which is which is interesting because I am myself an artist. Right, yep. So so I'm going to be reading this book and probably reviewing it later Not on. probably. It was a requirement yes. of the oh, purchase. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> That's right. It was a requirement De- Definitely reviewing it later on the podcast. Oh, yes. We should talk about the fact that we are going to start reviewing. Yeah. I kind of put out a call on Twitter mm-hmm. maybe a couple of weeks ago. Not maybe two weeks ago. Two maybe, weeks ago, yeah. And said, hey, you know, we're interested in reviewing stuff on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a... Mid-point. A recurring, yeah, yes, a recurring segment. segment doing reviews, and we have a bunch of stuff on the way to us, mm-hmm. so which is really cool that we can review. Yeah, some really interesting stuff, some stuff that looks really interesting that, that we're excited to yep. to see and talk to you guys about. Yeah, one of them actually comes tomorrow, so uh-huh. I'm excited about that. Yep. So, so if you have anything that you make, that you sell, that you want reviewed, we would be happy to do that for us. Just mm-hmm. get in contact with me, car at threepagansandacat.com. And I will uh, get back with you very quickly mm-hmm. as to what it is that you have. And, because you know. sometimes it's just hard to sift through 
the content. Yeah. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's so, so much there's so many options. And right. it's sometimes hard for pagan products to find reviews. So we would we like thought this to... would be a useful tool maybe yeah. for you guys. Something useful we can do to help. Mm-hmm. And also... as we're quickly coming up upon five hundred downloads per podcast. Yes, here, we're so excited. Um, <laughs> I don't know which... where all you people are coming from. Thank you all very <laughs> Thank much. Because you. you're making this huge for us. Uh-huh. So we would we thank the MEC. Yep. We thank Tri Dragon. I wanted oh, to, yeah. there was one other thing that I, I bought several things, but I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about Coventry Candles was there and, mm-hmm. and they were selling these one, it's a wonderful idea. It's uh charm necklaces and bracelets mm-hmm. that are, that they have, I guess in their store, you can purchase the charms individually and make your own amulets and talismans mm-hmm. using these charms. I happened to buy one that was already, they had already put together, mm-hmm. but um, at the end of the ritual that I went to the triple goddess ritual, we were each given a token to take with us, which was a message from the goddess for mm-hmm. us individually. And I was able to add that to my necklace, yeah, right. to, your charm um, necklace. to my charm necklace and, uh, you know, my talisman that I'm wearing mm-hmm. now. I think that's a neat idea. So yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to Coventry because yep. I think, and they're the, also the ones who do the witches union. Yeah. Yeah. Witches which is union passes, yeah. uh, uh, badges, badges, kind of like a boy scouts, girl scouts, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's yeah. the witches union. We think that's awesome. Yeah. And they were, and they had free spell cards too, which is <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. 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 That was interesting. Yeah. If you so, order stuff from them, which I thought was kind of cool, like every month they put a different spell card uh-huh. in there of a spell ready for you to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's, there's, I guess, multiple people now who are ordering once a month because yeah, they want just the, to next get the next spell card. card. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to them because I think they have really, I love their candles. I think mm-hmm. they have really cool stuff. And I just think this idea of, of how to create a talisman, yeah. is, you know, a is personal a personalized talisman, yeah. talisman, either for you or to give to someone else as a mm-hmm. gift. Right. I think that's a great idea. And I love the witches union. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about very briefly here at the end is Pagan's in need. Yes. Uh, they were so great. They did a raffle. Mm-hmm. Any money given towards the raffle went to pagans in need. You could yep. also drop off uh, non-perishables mm-hmm. at, uh, at at convocation for pagans in need. Mm-hmm. So if you live in the state of Michigan, currently they're based in the Lansing area. They're also branching out to Detroit and mm-hmm. GR. Right. And it's basically a food pantry for anybody. So uh, just a shout Which out to Bill. Which is a very Bill. food pantry ethos. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, shout out to Bill from Pagans in mm-hmm. Need. Great job, dude. Yeah. Uh, we fully support everything you do. And and as people who have relied on food pantries. Yes. Yep, in the past, yep. Like, it's great that that this that this option exists. Right. Mm-hmm. Where for, you don't have to sit exactly. through Exactly. You don't have to sit or... through Sunday school before you can get your food. Right. Yep. Yep. Because everybody has a hard time from now and again, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's nothing to be ashamed of if you have to get a little bit of assistance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wonderful that this organization is out there to help pagans because you cannot feel, it feels really awkward mm-hmm. if you go yeah. to a pantry and, you yeah. know. And you have to make some kind of vow or yeah. listen to some kind of sermon. Which not all or... of them do that, but some no, of them No, but do. some of them do and it's always rough. So. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's nice to have a, a resource that's by and for us. Yep. So three things that we're going to be going to in this next year that yes. you all can catch us at uh, would be Michigan Pagan Festival's Release the Kraken. <laughs> uh, June 21st through 24th, 2018. That's in I be- in Belleville, Michigan. Yep, right. Uh, which I believe is the Ann Arbor area. Right. Ish. And um, so you can check us out there, the Detroit Conjure and Folk Magic Festival. Again, big shout out to Kenya, mm-hmm. who I sat down and had a really mm-hmm. good conversation with. And I had a great with. conversation with, too. Yep. 
Um, that is in Hazel Park. That is August 10th through the 11th of this year. Thank you to Gordon Ireland because the Michigan Witches Ball uh, we will be going to as well. That is October 20th. And that is in Warren, Michigan. And we are so excited. We yeah. are super stoked about it. <laughs> I'm excited about all of these events. Yeah, so. actually, we're thrilled. Now we just need to get Although something that... like this on our side of the right, state. Right. <laughs> Gosh. So that we don't have to travel so far. Right. Uh, all of these are like Detroit-based things. Uh -huh. So it's two hours, two and a half hours to get to each of them. But that's okay. Yep. Uh, we're willing to make the sacrifice oh, to go to that. Uh -huh. uh, but we'd love to be able to do something like that here. So if somebody's like, hey, you know, right. we're, I'm, we're, planning... I'm West Michigan right, based yeah. too. How about hooking us up? Uh, we'll also be at um, the Pride Day here. Yeah. Yep. Grand Rapids uh, Grand Pride. Grand Rapids Pride. Yep. Which I think is in September. September, yep, I believe. Yep. Yes. And we'll need to uh, Grand see... Rapids Pagan Pride. Yeah. Yeah. Pagan yeah. Pride. Maybe we can we'll probably we'll also be at Gay Pride. Pride. We'll yeah. be at Gay Pride too. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely will. So that's it from Three Pagans and a Cat in our special episode uh -huh. on Convocation 2018. I didn't think we'd be able to talk for an hour about it. We're almost but to an hour and a half. God damn, so. didn't we? <laughs> oh, could we talk? We, we, it was just such a wonderful time. It was a we had great a great experience. time. We just encourage anybody, if you have the chance if to you go. Have even, if you have even a passing interest go. in paganism or the occult or magic, go to one of these events. Immerse yourself in the atmosphere right. for a day. And if you're if you're still interested at the end of that, you, congratulations, you found your place. Yeah, exactly. and you don't have to come to Convocation because it's in Michigan. Although it does pull from the Midwest, right. there is stuff all, all over. over. Which some, we're hoping to go to some of that stuff right. and some of the more someday. distant stuff. Yeah. yeah, but they're all over the United States. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. kinds of cool things. There's probably some, something in your area. Yeah. Yes, most Just likely. Just do some research. I'm sure there's like a a, a pagan festivals website. Uh -huh. yes. So yeah. if, if, even if you start with a pagan pride day, mm -hmm. that's a way to get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and find out what this what this community is all about, or just to find your people if you're uh -huh. a solitary, and uh, you need to find your and people. The struggle is real, and the struggle <laughs> is real. Or if you're a coven and you want to branch out and mm -hmm. meet people, meet new, you know, meet, meet new members. Meet, yeah. yeah, try to meet new members. <laughs> I, mean, I will uh, I will make sure I include this on the list, but I did notes. find a list hey. of all the uh, pagan festivals online. So it's amazing what you can get when you do some Google. So I will make sure that we get that posted as well on the awesome. notes for this episode. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com. <laughs>